bringing voices that rise above the rumors, complicating the narrative, a podcast from youth shattering myths about loss and trauma and violence riddled neighborhoods. Underestimated. I can't count the times I haven't felt underestimated. I spent a lot of time wondering when it would change. Is it my appearance or is it just my luck? It seems like I'm always stereotyped before I have a chance to express myself. Yeah, man, in our communities, it seems like we always being underestimated. This Duke Mona. And this little Charles, man. And today we're going to be talking about breaking the goldfish syndrome. To give y'all a little background with the goldfish syndrome, uh, it's something that is not popular, not a popular saying. It's something that um, us at Iman came up with. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the goldfish syndrome is pretty much like when you look at a goldfish in a bowl, that's his whole world. This goldfish has no, it doesn't know anything else but this bowl. And so it, it's a whole big world out here that, that goldfish only knows this bowl. So pretty much what I'm saying is a young black man in these neighborhoods is like a goldfish in a bowl because he just keeps going around, keeps going around, keeps revolving, keeps doing the same things. So you might have an eight block radius. You know what I'm saying? That you never went. Chicago is the third biggest city in the United States. You got people that never left an eight block radius. It's like a goldfish. It's like this goldfish just sitting right here in this little bowl in this big old world. You know what I'm saying? So that's a that's the first part of it. You know what I'm saying? Just just to keep revolving around these same areas. Um, and then being trapped in this same environment. Then the other part is it is the incarceration factor. Once you start this, you just revolving. You know what I'm saying? You may start, you may get incarcerated at a very young age. And it just starts to revolve. You just keep going in a circle, in a circle. So both of them combined is what I'm calling the goldfish syndrome. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, it's like a goldfish just keep going around, keep going around. We trying to figure out how to break that bowl. Let that goldfish go into the ocean. I've never lived in, well, I was just finna lie. I have lived in a, a, a nicer place. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I have seen other environments. My grandfather lives in Beverly. I'm from Auburn Gresham. They right around the corner from each other. Beverly is a very nice neighborhood, and Auburn Gresham is horrible. Well, I wouldn't say horrible. I love Auburn Gresham to death. You know what I'm saying? It's the greatest neighborhood ever, but the circumstances aren't, aren't, that, aren't that good. So, um, um, first of all, the, the educational system, uh, the teachers are, there are some great teachers. I don't have some great teachers, but most of the time, they let it collect a check, you know what I'm saying? And um, they really don't come from these areas. They don't know how to really deal with these type of kids. So now it looks like they bad kids. So now they losing opportunities. You losing out on education. So now you losing that, 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 that nurturement that you really need. That takes away from that, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, how the hell am I supposed to really supposed to have an opportunity to do good if I got to carry a gun to school and I end up getting called by the police? Now I'm going to prison. Now I'm in, you know what I'm saying? Now, now I don't have a chance. Like me, I never graduated high school. I never had a chance to graduate high school. You know, and one of the, when I got, why I didn't graduate high school is because I was in, I got incarcerated. 
So now you taking away that chance. I could have been anything. You know what I'm saying? I could have been. These are kids. You can be anything you want at a certain age. You can be anything. You know what I'm saying? But you just then when you work with the, then another the dynamic that plays a part is the neglect from the parents. Now the neglect from the parents may not even be intentional. But if I gotta work to make sure I put a, a something to eat, you know what I'm saying? Because we. Are, like I say, undereducated. So I may have to bust my ass at a job just to make sure I can feed, clothe, and everything else for my child and take care of everything else, especially for a man. And then the fathers are missing. So you're missing that leadership. You know what I'm saying? Actually, this generation, I'm proud of my generation for that. I will give it that. I feel like this generation, we really stepping up to the plate as parents. You know what I'm saying? Ain't no more absentee. It, it is still some, but not a lot of uh, absentee fathers anymore. But you know what I'm saying? Everything is just, just, just like, like when we talk to instructor, it's like a building falling on. It's like a building just falling on. So now, how are you supposed to get up out of this building? Doug is the founder of Amplify Investments. Uh, he was also a trouble. I guess you could say he was a trouble youth, formerly incarcerated for seven years. He was a part of Amplify with Duke and Taco. You know, they, off their personal relationship, we were able to sit down with him a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Um, Doug is just one of those that's contributed to breaking the goldfish syndrome, I guess you can say. He's really, what well, I guess you could call him a success story. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why we reached out to him. He talked about how circumstances lead people to take risks in high poverty areas. Man, so I assessed the whole situation. OG retired, she can't even walk. So ain't no, she got a set income once a month and that pays all the bills and all the other stuff. So I, I asked being now, that's out the question. My sister, she just bought her own house. Like it sounded like she got money, all her money tied up. My little brother, no use. My other sister don't even stay in the state, she no use. So who I got besides me? Friends, they in the same spot. Like I said, they they broke like four, five kids apiece. So who who I got besides me, bro? So I'm like, I ain't working. I'm still going to interviews and stuff. But I need bus car money. A seven day, $28. It was $27, $28. I got to sell a trade five for a dub or, or 30, you know? Like this real stuff. I'll I, I take that risk to sell, a, to sell some weed, to get a bus car, and go to a job interview, knowing like I got 92% chance I'm finna get hired. And now I'm employed. Yeah, I'm gonna take that risk. In our environment, sometimes we are forced to take risks that others would see as inappropriate. Uh, it's just something that's a part of our survival. That's what starts also with the fishbowl. It's like, you have to do things that will put your life either on the line or put your freedom on the line. And it's, it's just that it's something that's, uh, that's necessary just for a day-to-day -day survival. Uh, Billy Moore is the manager of Casework and Outreach at Iman, a program I'm a direct product of. That's where I come from. Um, he's formerly incarcerated for 20 years. His case is really public. His case was on Benji Wilson, who was a big-time, number one-ranked basketball player at the time from Simeon, um, and he was uh, he was convicted of shooting. Because 
the problem is so prevalent in terms of people carrying guns, you know, you almost feel compelled to carry one just to protect yourself. But now, as I've, you know, had the opportunity to, to you know, get to be 51 years old, um, I also understand that a mindset comes with that, that type of culture, the mindset in terms of it's not driven towards resolving conflict. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, okay, I'm not looking for no trouble, but I'm not ducking no trouble. Mm-hmm. And I think that's only because a lot of times when we grow up not really having real solid you know, guidance, having not been taught, you know what I'm saying, how to resolve issues peacefully, you know, we tend to feel like to be a man, so so to speak, is not to let nobody punk you over. You know what I'm saying? And you willing to, even to the extent of killing somebody or even dying to, you know, protect that image, you willing to go that distance, not fully understanding the consequences and the ramifications that come with that. Tom Dar, I guess you could say he's law enforcement, but I didn't know that he had a background in politics. Um, we bring him on too to talk about the SAVE program. They're trying to help with the gun violence. But um, I think that his interview as, first of all, with him being law enforcement currently right now, lets it be known that, especially in his interview, he's letting you be known the hardships that come with living in these neighborhoods and feeling that it's mandatory to carry these firearms and um, just really getting to the, the nitty-gritty about it just not being like him him saying somebody that's well-respected on all levels and is a part of law enforcement being like, you know, I can, I can understand and we're working to change that. I wasn't able to interview him myself. Uh, currently, I'm in his custody, but I just, I'm just thankful that he even took the time just to even hear my questions because he didn't even have to do that you know what i'm saying even if it wasn't just that that's that that's just amazing in itself you know what i'm saying because a lot of people probably wouldn't even took their time today oh he's in my custody or hell no you know what i'm saying you have these different things that you won't find in many other communities and you have all of them stacked up it's not even if there's one or two of them you have all of them then you add to the fact that our communities have more guns than virtually anywhere in the country too and so what could maybe be something that would be less than a fatal encounter with a gun everyone has guns and then it sort of feeds itself too to be honest with you because people who really are good people who really don't want to in any way harm anybody feel that for their own safety they feel that going from their home to the grocery store involves crossing too many gang lines that i I might have need i need to have a gun with me to protect myself there's these different things that a uh, person from outside of this world you know people live in the suburbs and places like that could not in any way appreciate and so i mean it's just almost as if it's like you're saying what issues are not there because they're all there it's also generational so i mean you can't you won't teach 
what you know to somebody else, especially if you're supposed to be the leader. I'm going to look up to the guy in my neighborhood like I'm supposed to, like you do everywhere. This is just not black community. This is anywhere you are. You could be in, in any t- any culture community. You're looking up to the bigger, the, the older people. That's what you're supposed to do. You know what I'm saying? It's not nothing. It's not that, that it's bad. But because they were misled, they're misleading the youth. So now you done got this 13-year-old who probably done did something really stupid that done put him into a uh, mindset where now he has to carry around a firearm. You know what I'm saying? And then now the police pull up. He gets arrested for carrying a firearm. Now that starts him. He may go home that day because, you know, at that age, they be like, man, just just go home. But now he has that on his background. Now next time he get caught with a firearm, he might get sent. He might have to sit down in there or he may get sent to the 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 part the uh the little what we call the little docs which is a uh, little doc now he's been in prison now he's programmed to keep going back because he first of all it'd be like once you get to jail once you finally get to jail you be like oh shit this is it because you already institutionalized in our neighborhoods you would go it's like you know what I'm saying just like a goldfish I, he if he get put into the sea. He ain't gonna know what the hell to do. You know what I'm saying? But because he's used to this bowl, he know how to how to navigate this bowl. So even if you put him in another bowl, he may be like, oh no. But the prison system is just it's the same thing. You've been locked in this eight block radius. Now you go somewhere where you 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 still really locked up. You know what I'm saying? You was locked up anyway. You know what I'm saying? So it's like now you get there and you be like, oh, this it? Shit. Oh, fuck that. You know what I'm saying? And you're not rehabilitating. You know what I'm saying? They're not getting you rehabilitated. So now they make, they go in and be worse coming out. So now you got this, just this repetitive cycle. Coming home. What was the hardest part of coming home? Being broke. Not having a job, not having nowhere to, no, nothing else to do, uh, but go back to the same shit. And people think that we really just want to, you don't want to do that because you, nobody wants to be in jail. But I think we just chalk it up as this is what it is. You know what I'm saying? So shit, I'm going to do what I got to do to not only to survive, but to, to make, to, to live at least a, a halfway, not even productive, I wouldn't even call it productive, but a comfortable life then, you know what I'm saying, so, hardest part was coming home, being broke and having to resort back to the same shit, um, the same things, also, just like, man, no opportunities, there was no opportunities for me, you know what I'm saying, and um, I did have a lack of family support at that time too. Um, and it's just a lot of things that played a part, man. It was the first time I came home. It was really hard, it was really hard. You don't realize how hard it is to get a job. You know what I'm saying? I've been gone since I was 17 years old. I came home. I'm 21 years old, and I don't. First of all, I don't have a. I'm don't have a fucking high school. I don't have a high school diploma. So what am I gonna go put on a job application? I left as a kid. I come back. I'm grown. I'm a grown man now. You know what I'm saying? So ain't nobody gonna give you nothing. So now you say go get a job, right? Okay. Well, what if I did really want to work? But I didn't want to work. I wanted to go to school. So I didn't have that option. Like I, I could have had that, that that them options where, you know, even if I would have graduated high school, anything, I didn't have no money to go to college. So it would have been, you know what I'm saying? It would have been, and I wanted to. I really, really did want to go to school. I still do. You know, but it was just that, man, I don't, 
man. So people say go get a job. Okay. Then people tell you don't go back to the same lifestyle. But what what other choices do you have? Like we talked when we talked when we spoke to Doug. Doug like man. Hell yeah, I want to get a job, but shit, I gotta, I gotta pay to get on a bus. Who gonna pay to get for me to go on the bus? You know what I'm saying? Who gonna pay while I'm doing this? I got, I got how many kids? How am I supposed to feed my kids in between the times for to get a job? You know what I'm saying? Am I supposed to depend on this or depend on this? I can't do that. You know what I'm saying? So what, what am I supposed to do? Lisa Kenner is the co-director of programs and partnerships at uh, Contextos. She formerly taught in the juvenile. She, she's formerly taught in the Audi home, which is on Lebanon Hamilton. And she also works now in the Cook County Department of Corrections with Arthur Circle. I met Lisa through Arthur Circle, which pretty much brought me to Contextos. And one of the reasons I really wanted to bring her just because she's just the bomb, man. You know what I'm saying? She's just infectious and she has a lot of insight as far as the rehabilitation or lack thereof and the, um, the stigmas and everything else so that's pretty much why we brought her on i learned the toxic assumptions of adults of young people that were incarcerated i learned how quickly someone could get caught up and locked up i learned how so many young people do not have safety mechanisms and support networks. Situations that I saw some of my friends growing up that they would rebound from, someone would catch them out of, or someone would advocate for them for, or get a lawyer or do something. The young people that I knew, loved, and worked with every day didn't have those mechanisms. And so once they were caught in the juvenile system, they're like a fly in a spider web. It's so hard to get yourself out of that system. Meanwhile, the whole narrative is that, look at these bad kids. Look at these bad kids. And that infuriates me to this day. That is fuel in my pump. That is the wind in my sail to this day. <laughs> I was outraged by how little young people got in there, just in terms of actual education let alone opportunities to heal. There was one social worker for six to 700 young people. One social worker. That's outrageous. So you think about what we do in our country for both young people and for adults is we, we explicitly dehumanize human beings. We're not rehabbing, we're dehumanizing. We're taking human beings as far away from community as possible. We're stripping them of their identity from the strip search to the uniform, to not having clothes, to, to not having clean clothes, to having to wash your top in the toilet sometimes. Generations of young people have come through, and then we wonder why things continue um, to go awry. And I think there's this narrative like that there's bad kids, and don't be a black man in Chicago on top of it. Just the racism, the embedded racism, and the embedded narrative about like these people, these zip codes, these youth, it's such a negative, pernicious assumption. And so then when once something happens, it's like, see, look. In 
my personal experiences I have seen that in the school systems especially CPS once the teachers or the authorities uh, the principal whoever it is knows that you've been involved in the Audi home or the juvenile detention center they look at you a certain type of way as if it's a bad kid first and foremost there are no such thing as bad kids you know uh, a, a child is always going to make wrong decisions especially if it's mis especially if they are misled I think we had to take accountability too. You have a choice. You know what I'm saying? You have a choice to do what you choose to do. Now, I ain't going to say the deck ain't stacked against us. You know what I'm saying? It is from birth. From birth, especially in Chicago. You know what I'm saying? From birth, you have the deck stacked against you from, from day one. But at the end of the day, you got to have that same warrior spirit that you got when you out there. You know what I'm saying? And I done been in... All types of, man, you gotta have that same warrior spirit that you have. You gotta take that to your success. You gotta accredit that warrior spirit to your success. You know what I'm saying? It's, it will elevate you. So we just gotta be accountable, man. You know what I'm saying? Stop, stop looking and, and just blaming it on the environment. You know what I'm saying? Blame it on the environment. We gotta find something within ourselves. Here's Doug. The same, the same way when somebody make you mad and you get that rage, you, you, you get that feeling, that adrenaline in your blood. When you say, I want a bag, I want some money, you got to get that same feeling. Because when you saying it, you don't want it. That's just words. Words don't mean nothing. People say, I love you every day and don't, ain't never did nothing for you. Like, you got to have that feeling, that raw emotion in you. Like, I, I want a bag. So even if, okay, you met, you messed up, you sell, you, you tried a, a, a route, a path where I was selling weed, I'm finna get a bag doing this. All right, you got a cost ready. Get out. Do something else. I'm finna work a temp job. This ain't enough. Okay. Market yourself. Learn how to do resumes. Get your, your, your professionalism up. All right, now you in a, a Capital One or a Chase Bank. You, you check at $25 an hour, you know? And keep building that ladder. Go to school, get an education under your belt. That's, the, that's you want it, you know? You gonna keep, you keep finding ways, keep finding those little cracks and crannies to climb through. That's you want it. You gotta have that raw emotion in you to want better for yourself. Cause you saying it, you, that, you can say it all day. I hate Trump, I'm on him out the office. You saying it not gonna put him out the office. So what 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 action what actions is you can you do or take that's gonna make you make your life better, make you learn from your mistakes. I'm not here to just sit here and be like, oh, you being oppressed and. You know, it's somebody else's fault, and you know, hell no, nah, man. Look, man, you have a choice. You know, you have a choice. Like you have the lack of opportunities. That's that's very real. The lack of resources. That's very real. But at the end of the day, sometimes I'm telling you, I've seen it. I see it every day. Sometimes these goldfish just want to stay in that bowl because that's where they're comfortable at. But at the same time, it you don't want no better. How am I supposed to really, even if we're talking about breaking the goldfish syndrome, I don't believe that even if you, even if even if it was like all these opportunities and everything that came, I don't think it, it probably wouldn't be, 
I would probably say about 40% because just the, what they're comfortable with and what they see is goofy or, you know, you know what I'm saying? Oh, it's goofy, this clown shit or this lame and all that. What's lame? Dying is lame and jail is for goofies. I don't want to be in neither one of them places. You know what I'm saying? So I, 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 ain't, I ain't trying to check out and leave my daughter out here without nobody. You know what I'm saying? Why would I do that? Because so so somebody somebody can uh, yell R.I.P. me, or I can sit in jail for 20 years because you sat there because I done killed somebody. Now you go, you screaming free me? Ain't sent me a dollar. Ain't sent a dime. Ain't went to go see my mama. Ain't went to go take care of my child. You know what I'm saying? So uh, sometimes you just understand the goldfish want to stand that stay in that 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 that, that, that bowl. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not I'm not telling nobody to 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 um have sympathy on nobody that wants to do that. The other part, part about standing in the bowl is not knowing how to break it. You know what I'm saying? That's that comes around too. Like some of these some of these kids just don't know how to do it. And it's not a lot of leaders out there to be like, hey man, you know, I'ma show you the way or do this, this, and the third. You know what I'm saying? Even then it'd be like it's like what I'm gonna do Work at a factory Like some kids Need to work with their minds Man you know what I'm saying Some kids are just creative You know what I'm saying You got a lot of creative children Or kids that really Want to go to college Like so that's discouraging Like I don't want to work At no warehouse For $14 For 14, 11 to $14 an hour And this is not even What I really want to do I've been gone seven years I come home, job, 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 you know, completing stuff, got certifications, licenses. I'm seeing the same people I grew up with, they still thinking the same, like they 14, 15, 16, 17. I'm, we 25, 26 now, you know, you still thinking like you a teenager, a freshman in high school, bro. You still, but just now you got a lot of kids, they favorite line, always fucked up out here. You ain't making no moves to make it better. I come home instantly making moves now, it's like, Motherfuckers look at me like I'm a goofy now because I want to go get a bachelor's degree or because I want to work and build my own financial consulting service, you know? Like, motherfuckers look at me different now. I feel like, man, they looking at me like I'm an, op, I'm an enemy because I want better. It's a reverse psychology thing, man. When they trying to reflect upon you, or you weak, you, you, you know what I'm saying? You a cow with this, that, and other but you really reflecting who they should be. And they only trying to hold on to you when they throwing that at you because they don't want you to move beyond them. Cause they gonna realize eventually, man, they not gonna be seeing you. And when they do see you, you gonna be doing greater things and they still gonna be stuck. And I tell guys, man, listen, sometimes you gotta love people from a distance. If they not beneficial, if they not right for your life, you got to move beyond them. You got to move past them because it's your life. Because there no, is no rehabilitation, because there is no chances for the youth to, to, in, to do anything other than what they have to do, you know what I'm saying? We come from poverty. So you don't really have any, too many chances to step outside and break that fishbowl. You know what I'm saying? You got you, you just back in the same place doing the same thing. And it's like, even if, even if your mindset has changed, if you don't change your environment as well, it's not going to work. So at the end of the day, recidivism rate is so high because we need more chance. We got to get the youth more chances to, to break the bowl. Okay. So picture me 
being incarcerated for a gun. Mm-hmm. My release date coming out. Okay. Okay, now that I'm out, well, give me some, some, some positive solutions on staying out and breaking that cycle. Well, first of all, I got to say, you know what I'm saying, it's got to change your environment. But if that's sometimes that's unable to be done, the first thing is to change your mindset. You know what I'm saying? You got to change your mindset. You got to bring it to your head that it's not, you're not no, no clown or no goofy or whatever somebody want to call you because you want to do better, man. You know what I'm saying? We done got, you may have responsibilities. You got responsibility to yourself first to do better. You know what I'm saying? In his interview, Tom Dar spoke about how the SAVE program is helping to break the cycle. Um, the notion was to specifically tar- target young men between 18 and 24 who came from the most violent zip codes and to pitch to them, because I can't force people to go on these programs, to pitch to them, do you want to come to a program that has the ability to try to help you in many different ways, not just while you're here, but when you leave here, and um, it can be somewhat transformative. And over the course of the years we've been doing this, we've had, I think, over 500 people, uh, young men in the program. And the whole theory of it was, we work with them very intensely while they're here, with a range of programming, um, cognitive programming, um, job-related programming, um, parenting programming, things like that. Um, but then the big hook is is that when it's time to leave here, we have a handoff to a community-based group that's in your area who we have a relationship with and have agreed to take you on, who will then work with you when you're back home to stay in touch with you so that them and us will stay connected to you even though we have no legal reason to do it. You're, you're not under our care anymore. You're not on a probation sentence that requires you to work with us. But because we're looking to change, that would be it. So like this intense work here with us then the transition to the community and staying with them in the community. Uh, me personally, I wouldn't say that I've, I've broken a fishbowl because this is an everyday process, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm still struggling with it every day, day to day, you know what I'm saying? But to break out of this fishbowl, you must first surround yourself with people who really and for sure have your best interests at heart. You know, and find something that you're interested in other than the street. You know what I'm saying? It, it's easy to take these talents. We got to think deeply to be in the street. You really got to think about it. We got to really think deeply, man. You know what I'm saying? To, to survive in these toxic environments, you got to have some type of brain. So I'm pretty sure if you put your energy from one thing to another, you can break the fishbowl. Like I said, I haven't broken it yet, but I'm working on it. Well, me personally, uh... I found out a way to escape the fishbowl, but I always find myself back at the fishbowl because that's where I stay. You know, I stay in a dangerous neighborhood, you know, so I always got to go back home. You feel me? I'm trying to find out or make it a way or make a way to move out of the fishbowl, you know, so I won't have to go back to the fishbowl. So I found out a way how to escape, and I'm trying to help other brothers and sisters, you know, from the same neighborhood as me to escape the fishbowl. Mm-hmm. And we also can speak to certain programs such as Iman, Amplify, Target Area, certain programs that are really trying to help the neighborhoods. 
So it's basically I, I had this vision of closing the wealth gap in the low-income communities, also, as well as educating the low-income uh, community on like the stock market, how to invest, all the different investment instruments out here, like, because we never had access to it. How many people, families you know, throughout the years that you done met or grew up with, came in contact with, where they got stockbrokers as uncles or nieces or mamas, daddies? Nobody. How many people know what a PE is, a price to earnings ratio? Nobody. Like, we never heard of it. Like, we heard of it because it's on, it's on CNN and WGN at the bottom of the screen. Mm -hmm. But you see that red arrow and that green arrow, you see Dow and S&P. You don't even know what that is. That look like Chinese to you. But I understand it. Went to school for it, understand it. And it's a way to grow wealth and create generational wealth. For anybody that lives outside of these neighborhoods or... Um, talking about the suburbs or even those that live close to these neighbor, like neighborhoods like Beverly, like places like that, such as that are right down the street from Auburn Gresham where you can step outside and hear gunshots and you're not really aware of what's going on. I hope that we're really giving you a, a thorough insight that it's not just bad people that come from these environments, you know what I'm saying? It's just those that are stuck in the fishbowl, you know what I'm saying? We're just trying to break it. And if you really want to be able to, you know what I'm saying, understand more thoroughly, or even if you have a desire to help us break that sufficient bowl, I hope that you, uh, I hope that this helped you inform you a little bit, and maybe you can, uh, you know, just, just, just take a little bit more interest into breaking the fishbowl. Don't just look at the TV, you know what I'm saying, we're complicating the narrative, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and also just try to connect with the people that's in these situations and in these environments, you know. Cause it don't take nothing but a one-on-one -on -one conversation, you know, just to get the full understanding of what's really going on from somebody that's actually staying in the fishbowl. Hey, thanks for listening to Complicating the Narrative podcast, and we hope you like this episode. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and many more. Complicating the Narrative is brought to you by Contestos. Contestos uses the power of personal narrative to promote healing, reflection, and foster critical thinking and dialogue to provoke systemic change.